Come on, Cohagen. Give these people air. Welcome to Should You Watch This with the Popcorn Priest, the weekly podcast where movie enthusiasts, ex-movie theater projectionists, new and old friends take the time to talk about a movie that we just watched and answer that very question, should or shouldn't you watch this? What would you do if someone stole your mind? Let's find out in this week's review and breakdown of Total Recall from 1990. Total excitement. I lost him. There! Fasten your seatbelt. Total adventure. You guys are trouble! Now you've done it! Total experience. Get ready for the big surprise. You wouldn't hurt me. After all, we're married. Total Schwarzenegger. Consider that a divorce. Total recall. So I've added some more sections to the show. All right. Okay. You guys are going to hear it for the first time. This section is called By the Numbers. I'm fascinated by... Are we going to do paint by numbers? I'm <laughs> fascinated by stats. So I'm just going to rapid fire these to you. All right. It took 15 puppeteers to control Cuado. <laughs> wow. Whose name is from the Spanish word cuate, which means twin. Oh, mm. I see. So that's interesting. Uh, how old do you think Arnold was when the film was made? 20. No, he was... Oh, 38? 41. Oh, nuts. Taylor was very close. He was uh, 40? Yeah, and I don't know why I found this, but what are Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sharon Stone's IQs? Nonsense. I don't know if this is real. That sound, yeah, no. this, it sounds, yeah. sounds. I don't want to hear my opinion. This sounds like People Magazine yeah, poll, so online poll crap. Arnold, uh, supposedly 5, Arnold has an IQ of 135. I'm sure he does. And Sharon Stone has one of 154. I'm, I'm guessing sure. IQ tests are totally foolproof, <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Not a junk science I am, uh, I, have, <laughs> I have the IQ is very high. <laughs> Including, this movie is included among the 100 and or 1,001 movies you should see before you die. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Where would you rank this on 1,001 movies before you die? You that's, that's, a, that's a lot to put on a person yeah, all of a I sudden. Don't, I don't know. Loaded right, question. All right. I'd put it high, though. Somewhere it, between one and 1,000. I'd recommend <laughs> it to people. I would say top 100. In terms I mean, of sci-fi, it's, it's up there like, pretty if high. You, if you knew that someone wasn't going to be offended by the absurd violence and like the oh yeah, the, the kind of the that's true, the gore of it, yeah, and just you know, the eighties violence, the eighties blood splatter pattern. Speaking of violence, by the numbers, body count. What do you mm. think? One hundred and sixty-seven. Uh, I'm gonna say fifty. That's really good. It's seventy-seven. Ah, oh, nuts. Taylor's. I thought more today. security guards got blown away for some yeah, reason. Yeah, there's that scene towards the end where they're just mowing people down. Yeah. How many F words? Who knows? Yeah, 110. Like that many. I would say, yeah, like 10 or something. There's only 23. Oh, yeah. See, I'm not even right. too high. I'm, I'm expecting too much from a movie I just watched. Yeah, no. If it were like a modern R rated movie, I think it would swear a lot more. But How many more? How many drafts of the screenplay? Were there before Paul Verhoeven came on board? I don't. There were three credited screenwriters. So. Seventeen, thirty-three. <laughs> Dang it! I was going to say thirty-two. There is so much stuff about this. How the story was changed so many times. It's it's crazy. I couldn't fit it all in, but that's by the numbers. 
Now into popcorn trivia. He couldn't fit any more numbers into those numbers. Exactly. When Ronald Shizit, Shizit and Dan O'Bannon first started working on the screenplay for this movie back in the 1970s, <laughs> wow. they realized that the movie would probably be too expensive and difficult to make by the standards of the special effects and budget of the time. They delayed working on the story and instead worked on an idea O'Bannon had about a space monster terrorizing a spaceship crew oh, that hey. became alien. There you go. Isn't doesn't Avatar have like a similar fake story where Jim's like, I just knew technology wasn't ready to like. Well, no, I've heard that. I've, I've heard that about a ton of stuff. Like Thor, they wanted to make Thor back in like the two thousands, but I guess the screenplay at the time it would have cost like three hundred million dollars because of like the expense or whatever for the because technical of effects, all the, like space shots and yeah. everything, like to get like, the atmosphere. It would have been through the roof. Technology to catch up to me. But I've heard that. I've heard that for like a ton of that's films. What, that's what James, that's what James Cameron, Cameron said about says. Avatar, with specifically being like, I had this amazing idea for this most amazing movie in universe, and I just knew that technology wasn't there. Yet. They were like, "What's yeah, the budget, Jim?" And I was like. You don't want to know. I haven't watched like that movie. I'm curious how the CG holds up. If it looks dated. It, it does. It's been like 10, 11 years now. I don't ever want to see it again. <laughs> and and yet, I hope the other ones never get made. Yeah, it's well, whatever. It's coming out next yeah, Christmas. That's, it's going to bankrupt Disney movies, if they don't man. do it now. That's movies. what they've been saying for 10 years. I know. It's so good. Man, yeah. he's so cool. No, we're going to get five of them within like six months of each other and no one will care. Yeah, while exploring the bottom of the sea, just... just It's amazing like how 3D is just... of dollars from Disney. It's beautiful. I love it. 3D's pretty much died behind the scenes. Like, it's amazing. Oh, 3D is so that, dumb. That actually man. is wild. Like, he like kind of ushered in that 3D movie craze and it died. Right, like six years later. Those movies, his sequel exactly. coming out. Exactly. It's just, just like, well, what's his name? Like, I'm doing it in high high frame rates. Like, no one cares, man. Is that what he's going to do in this one? It, he he's doing 120 uh, frames a second for this uh, one. It's going to be good. It's going to be horrible. Stop it, Cameron. <laughs> I know you're listening. Don't do it. Just do normal no, frame He's rates. already spent a billion dollars yeah, on it. One of the best. Mm. One of the greatest of all time. Explorer I- of the sea. <laughs> <laughs> no service too deep. No uh, budget too steep. Yeah, you need to watch the documentary stuff you have. I know. It's I so, need, I need it's to. so good. <laughs> well, I, I actually should have put this in by the numbers, but the filming began in Mexico City, which I went and witnessed most of the places where they were filming. Was it just, were those a lot of like recent buildings at the time? So that was like, they look like, like that now still. Well, like, I know, but it's just like, was that like their cutting edge architectures? Like, this is like, like when you they, look like dated Martian it. architecture, they, they were actually subway stations and each subway station has like a different feel. Mm. And these ones were like made out of concrete because that's all they use like in Mexico brut- City. Brutalist architecture looking. Yeah, and it just looked futuristic, and that's why they chose to film down there, um, which was really cool. 500 people worked on the film. They built 45 sets that tied up eight sound stages for six months. Wow, we that must and have been a time, pretty penny. <laughs> this was the second most expensive film in history. That's it's, that's so insane. And you know what the <laughs> what the first one up until this point was? Uh, Heaven's Gate. Yeah. No. <laughs> Rambo 3. What? Which was oh, also the other Carlico picture. Beautiful. Both had like huge it's, budgets. It's so wild that those like ultraviolet R-rated movies were like where they like that was the Avengers of their day. Oh yeah, just <laughs> lethal weapon. It's so insane to think that, that 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 was the market that they were chasing. Was Rambo 3 good, or was that the bad one? They're all good, well, well, except for the last <laughs> correct. one. Correct. That answer is correct, Taylor. 
<laughs> They're all. They good. get better as they go. This one's this third one's three times better than the See, second Rambo one. <laughs> one is very different from everything that came after it, but they're all good. Other yeah. than Rambo Five, which we saw and was bad. <laughs> no, that one was even better. It was Home Alone. No, uh, it was <laughs> with Rambo. It was, but it, it was, was Rambo Alone. It was bad. Guess who was supposed to play Quaid before the production got squashed because Dino De Laurentiis' company went bankrupt. So you'd have to be some 80s person, probably. Correct. So an 80s leading man. Mel Gibson? Mm. I think that'd be too early for him. Um, No, because Lethal Weapon was 87. Is it someone we would actually guess? I don't know. (laughs) Patrick Swayze. I could see that. That's the American version of Schwarzenegger, pretty much. Isn't that crazy? And then Arnold... Read the script and was so in love with it that he begged. That he gave Patrick Swayze cancer, and that's why he's. Oh, no. Burn. No, he persuaded Carla Co. Pictures to buy the script for him so that Mm. he could make it. Which, again, there's a documentary on the Blu ray. I don't know if I mentioned it. It's called Total Excess How Carla Co. Changed Hollywood, and it's an amazing documentary. You need to watch it. You did indeed mention it. It's awesome. Uh, some other stars who were supposed to be in this film and were considered for the role of Quaid, Jeff Bridges, <laughs> Matthew Broderick, oh, oh, really? yeah, Richard Dreyfus. That would have been very funny. Mark Harmon? <laughs> what? Well, Mark Harmon? Yeah. Wow. From like CSI? Yeah. Or, or NCIS? Is that what he's in? Yeah. Wow. And Tom Selleck. Uh, maybe. And then Christopher Reeve was also offered, but turned the role down. That's insane. Well, I mean, with such a troubled production. <laughs> and then get get this. Schwarzenegger was supposed to be playing the title role in RoboCop. Holy cow. But problems with the costume caused pr- producers to drop the idea. After Schwarzenegger saw RoboCop, he said he loved the movie and wanted to work with Paul Verhoeven, and that's why we have Total Recall. Wow. So he was just too muscular to fit in there. Yeah. He was like, my suit is it, superior. My upper body I is can't superior suit. It's very than big. any machine you could ever make. Yeah. The notorious X rating did not in- enjoy a particularly long tenure in the culture of the United States cinema starting 1968 and lasting only up until 1990 when it gave way to NC-17, Total Recall, heavy with graphic violence and soaked in bloodshed. Yeah. Would have been one of the last movies rated X were it not softened up late in production in the interest of achieving the more commercially viable rated R. Wait, so is there an unrated cut out there? Uh, I don't know, but there was a lot of scenes that were had to be cut. Man. I, I, haven't, seen, I haven't seen any. There wasn't one on this yeah, 4K I, I Blu-ray. That, yeah, it's probably one of those things where like, uh, or maybe they was they did the thing where they put in a bunch of stuff that they knew that they could cut out to try and like be like, oh, well, we're sorry, and the stuff yeah. that they actually wanted, they were able to keep by. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> there was it a look scene mild in comparison where the little person. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets that giant Bowie knife or whatever knife to yes. stab the the cop. She does that, yes. And apparently she eviscerates him and like uh-huh. his guts like go all over the place. <laughs> and and that's why he turn like they show him turn to the side because uh-huh. they they cut that part out. Huh. So this is this is more interesting to me, but you guys might find it interesting since I li- I lived in Mexico City for two years. 
Multiple cast and crew members had to be hospitalized during production. First, a craft service foul-up resulted in almost everybody on set enduring a bout of food poisoning. <laughs> Listen to this. Only Schwarzenegger, who ate privately catered food. Uh, <laughs> this was because three years earlier, he had fallen ill due to drinking tap water in Mexico during production of Predator. And the fanatically health-conscious Shuset, who was the guy writing, writing the screenplay, were exempt from the illness. Verhoeven required a steady stream of medication and fluids and regular access to a nearby ambulance in order to keep directing through the pain. Holy cow. <laughs> and then this is another one. And I felt this happened to me personally. I both had explosive diarrhea. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so gross, but it was, I almost died. And then this other thing happened to me. Associate producer Elliot Schick fell terribly ill due to the rampant air pollution of Mexico City. Fine. And, and this is crazy. Like, if you, when I got home, I went to the doctor and the doctor said, Have you been smoking? <laughs> and I'm like, No. And he's like, Either you've had, you have chronic bronchitis or, you, it, or it's like you've been smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. And that's what it's like in the air pollution in Mexico City. Yeah, isn't it's it, really bad. Isn't it similar? It's like a valley. So it has like inversions and like trapped air and yeah, lots of pollution. And then there was also some accidents. Uh, Schwarzenegger repeatedly cut and damaged his hand, even breaking his finger at one point during shooting the film's innumerable punching stunts. Apparently, there was a the spot where he punches the the subway glass, and it was supposed to break before he hit it, and it didn't, and so it like broke his finger and <laughs> oh. he didn't go to the hospital, and it like cut his cut his wrist. Ouchie. Yeah. To coincide with the movie's release, Sharon Stone posed nude for Playboy magazine to show <laughs> yeah. off her buff bod. As she should. She she was, like, buff. I know. She looks... I thought the movie was, like, mid-80s. She looks way younger in that movie than, like, she does in Basic Instinct. It's weird. Then it's only, they're two years apart. Do you know that this won an Oscar? For special effects? For best picture, as, <laughs> as deserved. It won... And best director. Best adapted screenplay. Best this, actor. It won special the Special Achievement Award for visual effects at the 63rd Annual Academy Awards. Nice. And Total Recall became the first and, to date, the only Philip K. Dick film adaptation to win an Oscar. Total Recall was also the final live-action picture to receive this Special Achievement Prize. The only other film to win that since has been Toy Story. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say Jurassic Park. Which received it, that uh, Oscar five years later because of its computer animation. Yeah. So, And they also had two nominations, Best Sound and Best Sound Effects Editing. Hmm. So. And Best Picture, which it won as deserved. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and this one I liked a lot. Composer Jerry Goldsmith considered Total Recall to be one of his best film scores, and I think it's so awesome. It feels it just fits the movie so great. It is a, it's pounding. It's awesome. It's the uh, it's his John Carter of Mars, so to speak. His sweeping <laughs> epic. I don't know John Carter's. No, 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 no. I just meant Mars Adventure kind oh, of story. Yeah, Mars, yeah. John Carter. I kind of like that movie, uh, actually. You, I, it, I'm retracting wanted, my statement. I wanted to like it more than I did. Like, you, it's one of it's like what is it? Uh, Jupiter ascending. That was another movie. It's like you want to like. I it wanted more to than like you. that one also. It's like they're doing something new and interesting, but you're like, you, you just didn't. 
you didn't quite land it. <laughs> yeah, there were some really cool things in Jupiter ascending, but yeah, but you can't like you, you even can't. walking away from it, you're like, I can't. It becomes like it becomes Channing Tatum and rocket boots it, flying around the it city. It has a lot of problems. It just has a lot of problems. It has, yeah, like the weird dragon people. It, and it's, Eddie Redmayne, who yeah, only good, whispers or screams. <laughs> Eddie Redmayne in that movie is incredible. <laughs> just hamming it up. So I've got a couple new categories for this pod. But before we get to those, I want to do popcorn beefs. Okay. What beef you got with the corn? Do you guys got beefs with this film? I don't think so. I mean, other than I have beef with Hollywood for having strayed so far from putting <laughs> from, their money into like things like this instead of just kind of like the CG messes that they make now. <laughs> I I only have one beef, and this is this is really crazy. So listen to this. So this was related to the Carlico Pictures stuff, which I am fascinated with. The making of this film inspired another epic film project partnership between Schwarzenegger and Verhoeven, where they planned to make a movie about the Middle Eastern Crusades. Oh, wow. <laughs> As the two men agreed that a film of that scale would be a great follow-up project to Total Recall. The project reportedly got as far as having a completed screenplay, sets, props, and costumes. Oh, Holy man. cow. And was nearly entering production. Unfortunately, pr- producer Mario Cazar and his Carlico studio ran Ram- into extended financial problems. Oh, man. You, and not being, not being able to afford two huge projects at the same time, guess what they greenlit instead of this amazing movie? Rambo 3? No. Cutthroat Island. Oh, what? And that's what tanked their production company. Isn't that? Isn't Sharon Stone in that? No, it's the Gina Davis. Oh, it's like crazy expensive. Oh, like swashbuckler man. film that was terrible. It's, and it was it their ish, it was their Ishtar. Yeah, can you imagine this movie? Yeah, no, it sounds like 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 a well, Kubrick's Napoleon movie, which was also a similar deal. But at the script. same t- at the same time. I can see people who loved Total Recall going to see something about Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Middle East and then absolutely hating it in the movie Bombs. I, yeah. It could have gone. It could have gone. It would have been the so same good. path. Yeah, just different ways no, to get it there. Been it would have been amazing. Paul Verhoeven, yeah. The Crusades, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, like, Give me a yeah, break, that man. Been just so offensive. You never ever. know. Yes, it would have been so good. <laughs> okay, that was my only beef, to be honest. Yeah, no, like, is... the, the movie is amazing. I, I find no fault. The only fault I have is that these guys didn't have enough money in their pockets to make this second movie. At the same time, though, you take Johnny Depp and you take Angelina Jolie and you take an Academy Award-winning director and screenwriter, and you still get the tourist. You oh, never know what's going to happen. <laughs> What an incredible movie! It's yeah. so bad. I remember being so just baffled. Yeah, yeah. That's the, that twist is like incredible. M Night Shyamalan the, should have one of the greatest should have hung his head in shame. Time. Yeah. So here's my new here's my two new p- categories: popcorn puzzles and popcorn redemption. And so popcorn puzzles, what that is, is things that I didn't understand or I didn't get. Okay. <laughs> And you can chime in, obviously. And then the popcorn redemption is, I always like to end, because the, the, I've been editing some podcasts and I've been bagging on some movies. And I think <laughs> at the end, I want to just, I want to say some redeeming qualities. Wait, and I'm the priest, so I'm your, giving like, redemption. Natural, natural born killers review where you just hated it. And uh, that's all you said was how much you hated it. Yeah, that's why this was born because <laughs> I hated it so bad. Like I think they said the whole the whole movie was my uh, beef. Yeah, no, yeah, you, 
<laughs> you found nothing that you liked about that movie. Yeah. Which was which was quite something. I mean, you didn't like it either. No, so. I didn't think it was good. Okay, good. <laughs> but I still don't I, like I it. didn't I didn't I wasn't as I don't know if I'd find any redemption, to be honest, <laughs> if I would, but I would have tried. I would have tried to give it some redeeming. It has some stuff that's okay. Anyway, <laughs> Cole's. I'm trying to find. Out. No, no, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to find how you spell that production company because I keep trying to look it up to read about them. It's C A R O L C O. Oh, Carolco. Carolco. I think it's pronounced Carlico. Carlico. Carol Oloco. Oh my gosh, I don't know. Carol Co. Carol Carol Burnett. I don't know. This is the greatest wordplay ever. So here's my puzzles. Director Verhoeven wanted to make this movie completely ambiguous so audience would not know, even at the end, whether it was all just a dream. Verhoeven himself said he believed the ending was a dream, but at the same time, he also said that the casting of Arnold Schwarzenegger suggests it's not a dream, which makes no sense. As most audiences would go see a Schwarzenegger movie and would be in favor of a reality ending as opposed to a dream ending. Well, that's what people want in a movie is a happy ending, not... I mean... It's not Brazil. And that's why he faded to white also. Oh, man, the ending of Brazil is so good. <laughs> so, do you... I, this is what I think. When he goes to recall the very first time, that's when everything after that doesn't happen. That's what I think. Probably. I was like, what what, you guys like watching it this time, I was like looking for like amb- the ambiguity with, with like, especially with his wife. Like, and there's really only one scene where she's kind of like looking when he leaves. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, no, she's, she's looking when they're dragging him away though, towards the elevator too. No, I, I'm saying like before he goes and before the movie. Comes oh, up I got you. Before, the, like before, before, before the twist. I got you. But I will say there is couple things one is yeah him dreaming of that girl and then the and then the girl in the the computer simulation when he's at the place looking like the actress oh so yeah that's where you're like no no nah. well and that guy the proprietor i don't know whoever the guy he's talking to that's selling him mm-hmm. a, a trip he um he basically outlines what's going to happen in yep. the film he and does. so uh, i don't know i just so, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think, yeah. I looked this up because I wanted to know more about it. And according to Verhoeven, the first 20 minutes or so of the movie from the beginning up until the point where Quaid first undergoes the implantation of his recall is all reality. So even Verhoeven. But Schwarzenegger has been interviewed and said the, it's, it's all real. It's, well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the stupid, it's Blade Runner. Just, it's the Blade Runner ending all over again because yeah. people hate ambiguity. So everyone's got to pick yeah, at it. Like, like, is he real? Know. Is he a replicant? Yeah. And that just ruins the feel of the whole film. Like that's the whole point. Yeah. So you, so you, Taylor thinks it's a dream afterwards. Yeah. Like I, don't, me? I don't think it's really, it's, it lines up too perfectly. Cole it's thinks like, if it's, if, in terms reality. of in terms of Philip K. Dick writing, it would be, all be a dream, and it would just be him like wanting to have a more exciting life. But I think in terms of Hollywood, it would I think it was all real. Okay. Well, I dug even deeper because they got they got what they searched for, and you know they got the the hidden treasure buried Although, beneath the planet. If you think about it. For, it's gonna ruin his marriage if it was all up, like it was all the dream that he purchased. Like, okay, I went on vacation, this fake vacation, and I killed you. 
true. I would. You, you were, you were a liar, and I killed you. Recall. I think. <laughs> I think. Considering I killed you in my dreams, we should get a divorce. And I was in love with this other woman who doesn't exist. I was Our in love. Rich is over. I was in love with this stripper at a at a private yeah, club. A stripper from Mars. Consider mm-hmm. recall a divorce. Yeah, this mm-hmm. we need to get a divorce now. <laughs> Consider a matrimony recalled. These two weeks changed my life. <laughs> oh jeez. So I wanted to I wanted to hear what Dan O'Brien thought about who was the screen the original screenwriter of the of the whole story. So apparently he was never happy with the ending that was filmed. The Martian machine creating a breathable atmosphere in 30 seconds flat. He felt it had no thematic connection with Philip K. Dick's con- concept of memory implants as outlined in the original short story we can remember it for you wholesale. So this is, the, this is the part that I wanted to share with you guys. It's a little long, but bear with me. In an interview with Cinefantastique magazine in April of 1991, O'Bannon revealed his concept. So this is O'Bannon speaking. That wasn't supposed to be a three-fingered Martian hand on the machine that was at the mm-hmm. place at the end. That was supposed to have been a print of Quaid's hand, which matched only his hand. Quaid, Earth's top secret agent, went to Mars and entered this compound. The machine killed him and created a synthetic duplicate. He is that synthetic duplicate. He cannot be killed because he can anticipate danger before it happens. He is also omnipotent, and because he cannot be killed, Earth wants to kill him but cannot. That's why they don't go to all the trouble to erase his brain to make him think he's nobody. It's the only way they can control him. Audiences don't question it when movie heroes go through adventures and don't get killed. I thought it was clever to actually have a reason for it. At the end of the picture, Quaid puts his hand on the device and it all comes back to him. Who he really is, his total recall of his identity is that he is a creation of a Martian machine. He is, in effect, a resurrection of the Martian race in a synthetic body. (laughs) He turns and says to all the other characters, it's going to be fun to play God. <laughs> and that, and then fade to, fade to black. And yeah, no, they sh- yeah, that was never going to work. Yeah, I could see. <laughs> Isn't I, that crazy? I could see audiences that's really yeah, scratching their heads over that. That's really, that, that is a wild. The, the questions would be even more <laughs> yeah, so at the end of the movie. Yeah, no, that, I know it couldn't have worked, but it's fascinating it's, to yeah, read no, about that, well, no, his idea. It's literally, it's last action hero, but they're on Mars. Like if he's omnipotent or like knows what's going to happen or when danger is going to come in, it's like, it'd just be the same personality as the last action hero where he knows what's going to happen or he's never going to get hurt. I need to watch that movie again. Is it so horrible? No, it's just more, it's just Shane Black, like having fun, just making fun of. Did Shane Black write that? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. I want to see it. He, it was again. just, it's just making fun of like how stereotypical all the action movies were back in the 80s and 90s. You mean good? Exactly. <laughs> how they used to be good and they're not anymore. So I only have one more popcorn puzzle. And at the premiere of the film, Arnold Schwarzenegger stated in an interview with Entertainment Tonight, episode dated 16 July 1990, that the film was a cross between Star Wars A New Hope, oh, yeah. Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, I can and see it. Batman. Yeah, from it makes perfect sense. <laughs> Correct. Why not throw in Ghostbusters just to be safe? Yeah. Can you well. imagine him saying, 
this film is uh, Star Wars yeah. and Indiana Jones. Absolutely. <laughs> There's some Purple Rain elements in there, too, I think that they made good use of. All right, my last category is Popcorn Redemption, and then I want your guys' rating. So some of the things that I really liked about it were, like I mentioned, uh, some of the large ads that are seen after Quake gets off the subway are real signs featured above the subway stations in Mexico City, and I remember seeing those, so it was really cool to see the, the Fujifilm one and the Coke sign. Yeah. Those were there when I when I was there. I really, the other subway station was the Chabacano, and then the other one was Insurgentes. If you look those up, you can see pictures of them. It's, it's pretty cool. The other part that I really like is the two weeks lady. Every single time in my life, when anyone <laughs> says two weeks, I immediately go, two weeks, two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. I have to always, so that's what I really liked. Anything else you guys really liked? It wasn't. Yeah, no, the squibs, they were like. Oh, the like, squibs. Probably five times larger than the, like the standard squib pet blood packet for the time. And way, <laughs> way more blood comes out. Too. Yeah, that's like, just, it's like they get shot and it just looks like a chunk of them has been blown off. Like just because of how absurd the. <laughs> Especially when he grabs that human shield. Yeah, just, <laughs> just like his body's it's, getting chewed up. Well, I love how <laughs> the human shield is amazing because this guy gets riddled with 78 bullets, but yet none of them pierce the butt. Like his, yeah, like, no, his corpse them, shield. They, yeah, yeah, he just comes out of there unscathed. Like this guy's body is able to stop all this lead so from like bullets. from going in from yeah. from exiting his just body and hurting Arnold. Riddled. Yeah, and then he just steps on his face afterwards anyways. <laughs> Yeah, the, Michael Ironside is just—he's amazing. Just, just the greatest character actor, and the the <laughs> love story between Michael Ironside and Sharon Stone is so oh, disgusting, man. but yet intriguing to watch. It's really good. But yeah, he's just—he just goes through the whole movie with menace. He's, yeah, great. One so of those. so great. My whole thing was the—I remember seeing it as a kid, and there's the part when they get shot out into Mars at the end when they're all gasping for oxygen mm-hmm. on the planet scared the living hell out of me. I remember just thinking like what it must be like if you got launched into space and how much pain you're going to be. That movie and Fire in the Sky terrified me of space in general and aliens. Ugh. Space, the only thing that I can think of is my fear of the ocean. Like being in the ocean and not knowing the depth of it and what's Lassophobia. That that if I were in space, I would feel the exact same way, and it tears. But terrifying. for all directions, yeah, 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 exactly. Every, everywhere, you gotta and be. There's you, no air. You gotta have something solid to stand on. Yeah. Well, the last popcorn redemption that I have is Schwarzenegger wore stunt pads to protect his genitals when they were filming the fight scene between Quaid and Lori, which Lori elbows and kicks Quaid in the genitals many times. Mm-hmm. He gets, he gets crotch kicked quite a few times. So many times. And I'm glad that he was protected. He went on to have children with the maid. <laughs> that's why we wanted him to be protected. Yep, yeah, yeah, and got divorced. And oh, that's horrible. Maria. <laughs> it's not. Is it Melina or Maria? Well, what's your rating, guys? Yep, billion trillion stars. <laughs> Again, the idea that this was like my favorite part of the show was the rating this system. This was <laughs> like their big CG, like the the equivalent of a big CG action. They only lasted. Movie. They only lasted nineteen years. They lasted was, from seventy six to ninety five. But instead of a big action, like big PG thirteen CG fest, they was this practical effects R rated absurd action film. So awesome! What a beautiful, beautiful brief. 
it's like the it's like the Coen brothers. Like they just gave somebody a ton of money and said, "Have fun with it," you know, make yeah. a movie rather than having to micromanage and nitpick everything. And it it worked out amazingly. Exactly. Golden bucket for sure. <laughs> oh, so you get a you get a you get a classy sound effect with your rating. Well, I is that from the Halo soundtrack? I don't know. I was, that's what I thought it was. I gotta address this, Cole. Yo. Okay, our our rating system is is crazy, but it's consistent. No, no, no. I know it just makes me. It's, I have, it's, I have it's, a five star. It's it's. No, no, no. I'm not like I'm seriously. I'm not criticizing the system. I, it's funny just the randomness because Taylor rating it could make you I, think that it's the greatest movie of all time or. Well, you know, his, his my, is, I really only have three ratings. <laughs> his, his, yeah, his is like n- no stars or little stars. No, his, no, it's some stars. Some stars, stars is the media. And then he says a thousand stars. stars. And then he says a billion so trillion stars. His yeah, he has four. four. Yeah. And yours is out of four. <laughs> Mine's and out of four. And you always give three out of four all the time. I, always, I, I was about to give this movie I three out of four. Give <laughs> billion trillion I told, stars. I told you I like the rating system. It's the funnest part of the show. The only thing, the only movie that I can think of right now that you gave a four. Four out of four was the Big Lebowski. That well, and Zodiac, and Collateral, oh, and Heat, Heat yeah. and Ronan. Ronan's also four stars. Ronan's amazing. We didn't do Collateral or Ronan. We did. We did Collateral we when did your kids were way, born. Way before. We didn't record when. it. Though. No, we didn't record it. It's so. been prehistory. Pre <laughs> prehistory. I don't know. Handmaiden was either three and a half or four. <laughs> that, <laughs> that one was very high. That one wasn't low. We did not. The lost episode. Oh, we didn't do that <laughs> we one. Did not record that. We didn't do that for one. For obvious either. reasons. That's right. We can't broadcast Listeners that movie. Go look Billion, that up. trillion, gazillion stuff. That was a good movie. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. So hor- horrific. <laughs> Horrifically entertaining. So good. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, with that. Any parting thoughts? Hey, Sleepless Night was really good because I got a nap in it for two oh, hours, so that, I give that one that three and a half stars. Terrible. Yeah, yeah that, was, that, was, that was no stars. I'm man. so sorry. <laughs> I don't think we recorded that either. Yeah, no, no, we didn't. That was, was very boring. Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> well, with that, hit me up on the Twitters and the Instas if you want to interact with the great popcorn priest at Popcorn Priest. I respond to every tweet, post, comment, hashtag, and whatever else there is. Let us know if there's something you'd like us to review. In fact, yesterday... Do you, comment, no, do you couple, comment on Reddit posts? No. Okay, never no mind. No one has reached out to me on Reddit. Okay, I'll, I'll make that... I'll, I'll change Reddit. that. But make someone that did reach out to me on Facebook Messenger, huh. and he's asked me to review a, uh, a movie. Hmm. And I'll, I'm going to pull this up right now because... Chris has his first fan. I have a, one fan. <laughs> and he's from the UK. Oh, nuts. He can't get... We need to get him... We need to get him to guest star. Uh, let's see. Is it Edgar Wright? It's Edgar Wright, isn't it? No, his name <laughs> is uh, Nick... Why, why are you doxing this guy? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Nick. If I shouldn't have said we're your last ask, name. We're going to edit that out. That'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, that'll I'll, be bleeped. I'll bleep your name. I'll bleep your name, Nick. Airhorn that last name. But he... <laughs> He re- he's recommending that we watch The Beast of War. Name and where he lived. He gave both away. <laughs> I didn't say where what he What was the make and model of his first car that he owned? UK. What? What's the make and model of the first car that he owned and his mom's maiden name? Yeah, oh, perhaps the name of his first pet. Mm-hmm. And what his, his elementary <laughs> school he went to. Can I just tell you what he recommended, please? The Beast Within. No, it's called The Beast of War or also known as The Beast from 1988. And he's saying that it was directed by Kevin Reynolds. Um, 
I know that name. It was only released in two screens across the whole of the United States by Columbia Pictures. And he says, uh, I say this is the best Hollywood film you've never heard of. Quentin Tarantino's old writing partner, Roger Avery, has it down as the best movie of 1998. Roger Avery? Yeah, he's the Pulp Fiction. And he also has it down as one of his uh, 20 Desert Island films. So apparently we're going to watch that. The Beast Within? No, sorry. You say Halloween. The Beast of what? It's called The Beast Beast of of War War. or The Beast. 1988 film. And he says there's no, uh, I think there's only one review on Rotten Tomatoes. But if Quentin Tarantino's writer said it's. The crew of a Soviet tank become lost during the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan. Yeah. Well, Nick. That sounds sick. (laughs) Nick will. We're going to have it on the pod. But anyway, so to answer your question, I do respond to all my fan mail. Taylor looks like fat Jesus with his hair pulled back. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I love movies, and we love love it if you share the love. Muchas gracias. Another way to share the love is sharing those dollars. I've created a Patreon account, like I mentioned before. If you have liked anything up to this point and want to support the show, or... Or we get access to your shared drive. Yeah, I want to support the show so we can continue to bring these inten- entertaining reviews. Please do. So, In, intensely entertaining shows. Please do so at patreon.com forward slash popcorn priest. And like Cole just mentioned, if you donate to the f- highest tier, you get access to my movies. As always, thanks for listening. And thanks to my guests, Brain Wrap Marines and Noble Gas Tribe. And bearded hippie man. What did you yeah. call him? Fat Jesus? Fat Jesus. Yeah, that's very, very <laughs> hurtful. I'm sorry. It's always a pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you. Join us next week for another review on Should You Watch This with the Popcorn Priest. Popcorn Priest.